Good morning. Welcome this morning. So glad that you are here and uh, honored that you're with us this morning. I want to welcome you. My name is Pastor Chris. I'm the campus pastor here in Milestone McKinney. As uh, Alex mentioned, we are one church, multiple locations, and uh, we have our Hazlitt campus, our Keller campus, where our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff, uh, and the team are at. And then right here on McKinney campus, and we're thrilled that you're here. If uh, this is your first time, I haven't had an opportunity to meet you just yet. I look forward to meeting you uh, after service. Thank you so much for joining us. We're honored that you're here as our guest. Well, we are starting a new series this week. It's going to be a short series called City on a Hill. And uh, it's going to be a great series. We're going to, it's going to be this weekend and next weekend, just after Thanksgiving. And uh, we, it's going to be a time where we really look and really piggyback off of last week's message. Last week was Vision Weekend, and we talked about the vision that God has for us. There's a vision for your life. There's a vision that He has for you. There's this divine calling and vision and purpose that He has for you. And uh, as we looked at last week's message, and we, we talked about uh, really a key anchor verse for last week, and then as we move forward in this series is Matthew Chapter 5, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 5. Before we do that, I want you to open up your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to start off in verse 8. We're going to start off in verse 8. And uh, when, you, when you think about vision, when you think about what God has called you to do, who he's called you to be, uh, the ways in which he has called you, the way he has defined you, the way he has set you apart, there's a vision that he's given you. He's given you a vision. He's given you purpose. There's purpose for your life. And when you look at what this looks like, what does it mean? What does it look like to be a city on a hill? We talked last week. You may have missed last week's message on vision. You can actually text this number. You can text uh, the, the word message. Text the word message to this number. We will send you a link. So if you text the word message to this number, what will happen is they'll send you a link. And you'll be able to check all the audio from all our previous messages, as well as last week's message on vision. Just simply text message to that number. We want to make sure that you have that. And what, what can happen is then you begin to go back and you, I want you to listen to last week's message on vision. Because who and what God has called us to be is so important. And there's a divine purpose and vision. And as you look in God's word, the vision that he's given you isn't just for you. It's not just for your life. As you begin to look at God's word, the vision that he gives you always ties back to how it impacts other people. And so as you look at that, you can text that number in. Like I said, you can get a link to all that. You can go back and see or listen to all the other uh, audio messages that we've previously had. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, we're going to get there in just a minute. But when you're looking at vision, what does it mean to have vision? What does it mean to live with vision, to have a vision for your life, to begin to move forward and see what God has for you and for your family. There is vision. There is purpose that he has for you. Some of you, you've walked in today, and that's, that's actually the thing that you're looking at in life. You're trying to answer this one question, and it's just simply one word. Why? 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 We try to answer why. How many of you ever, that word why has a unique it just has a unique, it just pulls out something unique in you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have younger kids? You know what I'm talking about. If you got younger kids, you hear why. Some of you got teenagers. Why? 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 And, so, and it, what, what it, it amazes you. It's amazing how that word why can invoke so much inside of you when they begin to ask 
Why? But the truth is, we ask that same question. That's the question we're all trying to answer. Why? Why, God? Why am I walking through what I'm walking through? Why am I navigating the things that I'm navigating? Why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? Why? We all want to answer why. We're going to look back at Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. We're going to look at the words of Paul that he shares with us in Ephesians to help answer the question, why? Now, some of you, maybe you've looked back at your past and you've wondered, why? How many of you ever look back at old pictures and you go, why? You know what I'm talking about. Like, like I, I can remember, I, I got a real powerful, like, post- High school, like going into college, I had just gotten saved pick. And you look back at that and you go, why? Why did I decide that this was something that I needed to do? You look at this picture right here. I got blonde tips. I got, I thought, look at that. That's just powerful. That's just power. There's power all over that. I mean, that was, I know some of you young ones in here, you're like, why, Pastor Chris? That was cool at one point, okay? What you can't tell, like down right, right down here, there was a moment where like the flare collar was like back in temporarily. You know what I'm talking about? That, that collar was flared out. Make no mistake. There was power all over that. Little blonde tips right there. I don't know. Just, you look back sometimes at the past and you look back at your pictures and you go, why? Or maybe your engagement picture. Now I shared this. Hold on. Don't show it. Oh, he, already, he was quick on the trigger. I told you, I've given you folklore, the flavor saver. There's anointing in that little soul patch right there. I mean, just big, powerful soul patch. I'm thinking I'm bringing it back. What do y'all think? Bring it back for Christmas, you know? No, no. It, it all met what love biscuits. She looks at, that's what I call Wendy. If, you're, if this is your first time, I don't just have an affinity for biscuits. Wendy's nickname is Love Biscuit. Love Biscuit. If she likes it, I'm bringing the soul patch back. It's coming back. Now, she has not told me yes or no just yet, but we'll find out whether or not she likes it. But you look back at pictures sometimes. You look at your life. You look at situations, and you go, why? Why? Here's my answer. Why not? Why not have a soul patch? Why not have blonde tips? Now, I know what you're thinking. All right, Pastor Chris, what is this? This is memory lane. Why are we looking at these things? Okay, you can you get that. There you go. You're distracting the folk. Get that off the screen. You know, that, that soul patch. They cannot handle the power of the patch. I'm telling you, they can't handle it. You got to get that off screen. They're distracted. You think, all right, what's the point? What's the point, Pastor Chris? Why, 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 why? Because that's the question we're all trying to answer. Why? And oftentimes when we lean into why, why is this happening? Why am I walking through this? Why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? Here's my thought to you. Why not? Why not you? Why not God partner with you and use you and work and move through your life? Why not God has transitioned you? See, many of you, you're in transition in life. You're in transition in the things that you're experiencing. You're in transition in relationship, in work, whatever it may be. I mean, look, 2020 as a whole, it's felt like massive transition for you. And you're going, why, why? Well, why not? Why not? You see, because that phrase, why not, there's so much wrapped up in that phrase because that's not motivated by fear. It's driven by purpose. You see, God has a purpose for your life. And you may have walked in and go, well, you know, I don't know about all that. I mean, that sounds good. How do I know? How do I know he has a purpose for me? Well, I, I want us to look at the words of Jesus. But before we get to Matthew 5, I shared this with you last week. You see, because oftentimes I'll say what Jesus modeled, he meant. 
Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus said, why not? Why not leave heaven and come down as a baby? Why not come and grow as a man and spend 30 years in preparation for three years of marriage? Why not die on the cross for the sins of others? Why not rise again and, 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 and lead people into victory? Why not? You see, there's purpose. He came. He had a single purposeful moment. There was vision that Jesus had, that he led with, that he walked with, and he modeled that for us. And when we look at Matthew 5, just to remind you as way of review to set it up, Matthew 5 was the greatest sermon he ever preached. It's a sermon on the mount. He talks about the Beatitudes before he gets into verse 13 where we're about to look. And he's talking about ways in which we should live and how we should respond and how we live and how we interact with people. And then he comes into this and he, he begins to say, listen, if I lived with purpose, I want you to live with purpose. I want you to live with a specific, defined purpose. And here's what he says, starting in verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the salt of the earth. Nor, verse, four, verse 15, no, I'm sorry, go back. Verse 15. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. This was how you light your house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I love how Jesus is so a matter of fact here. He simply says, you are. You are. You are salt and you are light. You're salt and light. That's it. You are salt and light. And when you think of salt, you think of salt. Salt, it, has, it, has, it brings uh, preservative. It, it preserves things. It purifies things. It brings flavors out in things. It, it, it adds to. You think of light. Light, all it takes is just a little bit of light to push back the darkness. He says, you are salt and you are light. And then he goes into if, it, if salt loses its saltiness, then it's useless. Here's the thing about salt. Salt cannot lose its saltiness unless it ceases to be salt. You actually have to change the chemical compound of salt for it no longer to be salt. You see, that's what the enemy wants to do is change the spiritual compound of who you are, how you were designed, the purpose that you were designed and created for, that you in turn end up not walking in the purpose that he designed you for. He said, why would I create a light and put it under a basket? Makes no sense. There's no purpose in that. No, no, no. I'm going to set you on a lampstand that you would be like a city on a hill. You see, you are salt and light. That's how God designed you. That's how he wired you. That's how he created you. But I think it's unique that he, he uses that phrase when speaking of light. He says, I don't, I don't hide it. I don't, I don't cover it up. I'm not hiding that light. You see, that's always the tendency of human nature. Go all the way back to the garden. 
when you look back in Genesis, in fact, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. You see, what begins to happen is it's always human nature to hide. It's always human nature to, to cover up. That's what happened to Adam and Eve when they ate of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they saw, they did the thing that God said, do not do this, and they became aware. What did they do? They hid. They covered up. They covered themselves up. And because they covered themselves up, they ended up actually covering themselves up, trying to hide. And when God came to find them, God didn't say, what did you do? God didn't say, what, what are you doing? What, what did you? He said, where are you? Because it's human nature to hide, but it's always God's nature to draw you close. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've gone. Doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made. It doesn't matter how you've lived your life. God will always draw you near. And your temptation will always be to hide and cover up. You see, what, what would it be? What, what are the things that, that actually would cause you to not be salt and light? That would cause you to hedge on being who God designed you to be? Because that's what we're talking about, purpose. He said, you are salt and you are light. The same way Jesus lived with vision, you too can live with vision and with purpose. You are salt and you are light. What, what would keep you? Well, first is sin. Sin would be the first thing that would keep you from being salt and light and who God designed you to be. Why? Because sin, when you live in sin, it brings separation between you and God. It does change. It is sin that will change and impact the spiritual compound of who you are. Changing and impacting you. Now, now, now when I say changing, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I, I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, well, I sinned, and so now I need to get saved again. Okay, I remember some of you, maybe you grew up that way. I remember when I was a kid, it was like every weekend, who needs Jesus in their heart? I do. I got saved every single week. It was like I need every, every week at youth group, I'm getting saved. No, I'm not talking about that. When you're saved, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You've given your life to Jesus. But even then, you could still live with sin in your life. Now, you're listening to what I'm saying. You're going, well, I don't, I don't really have sin in my life. Not that I think of, because you think of sin in the context of like, you know, just these massive, just, you know, the Ten Commandments. Well, I didn't murder. I didn't steal. I didn't do all these things. Well, James said, for a man to know what is right and not to do it, such is sin. For some of us, you've walked in here and the sin that you've committed is unforgiveness. You're having, I mean, hey, let me tell you, it's ramped up now that we're coming into Thanksgiving and the holidays. You start thinking about all the unforgiveness you have in your heart because you're like, oh, man, all those days, I don't even have to think about it. But now it's like, man, I got to pass the mashed potatoes. I'm going to throw the mashed potatoes at you, you know. You ain't get that last roll. I got that last roll. There's unforgiveness in your heart. And that unforgiveness is lit. It's like sin still lodged up in there. What will happen is this, is it'll keep you from walking. In the purpose that God's called you to walk in. As salt and as light. Sometimes it's lies. It's lies of the enemy. We talked about how the enemy, he's got two plays in his playbook. 
He's the father of lies and he's the accuser of the brethren. We start buying into those lies. We're not good enough. We're inadequate. We start listening to the what if, what if, what if, what if. What if I can't make a difference? What if I can't be salt and light? What if I make a mistake? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I go and try and uh, 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 make right and mend this relationship and they could care less and they're angry? What if, what if, what if? And you start buying into the lies of what if rather than walking in purpose of who he is and who he's called you to be. So so what happens is you end up not being salt and light because of sin sometimes, because of lies, but sometimes it's the labels. The labels that society or even you yourself place on you. You see, it's like guilt and shame. Guilt is I feel bad for what I did. Shame is what I did is who I am. If you just knew who I really was, if you knew what I had done, the lie of the enemy is that what you did is who you are. And that's how he works, to put a label on you that you can never grow, you can never change. God can never work in your life. Not true. And God's wanting to remove that label. But when you buy into the labels that others or society or even yourself have placed on you, you cease to be able to walk as salt and light. I'm reminded of a story from Fall Retreat, a young lady named Maya. And Maya came because Maya was invited by a friend, the power of an invitation. And Maya, this past week, actually shared her story on Wednesday night to her peers. Now, Maya, I think, is in eighth grade, okay? So it's not like she's just this masterful speaker and she's just been doing it forever. She's just a young lady that loves Jesus and God impacted her life. And so as she prepared to share and and just talking with Haley and Alex and they worked with her as she shared what God had done in her life on Wednesday night, this is what she said. I want to read to you what she said about what God was doing in her life. She says, when I got invited to go to fall retreat, I was super excited because I had been struggling with my relationship with God and was hoping this weekend would get me back on track. But I was also anxious and nervous that I was too far from God to go back to Him. But when the first worship song came on, I knew that God had never left. He was always there wanting for me to come back to Him, guiding me and waiting. Throughout the entire weekend, the message and worship really got me every time. My experience at Fall Retreat was unbelievable. I learned that God forgives you when you feel that you've done, then what you've done is unforgivable and don't deserve it or think that He doesn't want to forgive you. I realized that His love for you is unconditional, even when you feel like you're not worth His love or anyone else's love. He wants you to know that he loves you so, so much. I realize that I am his masterpiece created perfectly in his image. I learned how to be bold and have a one-on-one connection with God and how to talk with him during everyday life. I left fall retreat wanting more of God's word. But most of all, I left feeling loved again. I felt filled with the Holy Spirit and God's goodness. Eighth grade little girl, young lady, not little girl, young lady. Yeah, you can give her a big, go on, get, I mean, that's God working in a young person's life. Y'all giving like the golf clap. Y'all weren't sure, do I clap, do I not? Let me tell you something. If God's ever working in someone's life, that's a good time to clap, okay? If I'm preaching real good, that's a good time to clap too. No, I'm just kidding. Faith, I can always count on faith. Faith will shout me down, you know. Sometimes she scares me. She's the only one. I'm like, it's, it's good. 
God working in someone's life is good. You want to know the power of that story? That's a young lady that had bought into the label. And she said, no, 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 no. Why not? Why not go to fall retreat? Why not step out in faith? Why not go, you know what, God, this is how I feel. This is the lie, the label I've been believing. But why not step out and God met her where she was? What would it look like if some of us had that same kind of faith to go, no, 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 I'm going to be salt and light. I'm not going to walk in sin. I'm not going to listen to lies. I'm not going to allow the labels that others put on me to define me or even the label of my past sin and mistake. And I'm going to go, why not step out? Why not watch God work and move in my life and see what can happen and what he can do? You see, because she's recognizing, just like all of us, she's salt and light. What does that mean? It's a divine purpose. There's a purpose. You are. You are. That's how he wired you. That's how he created you. And I think so many of us, what I love about Maya's story is I think it describes where we're at. We wrestle with why, why, why me? Why am I wrestling with this thing? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why can't I get over this thing? Why do I still have uh, fractures and, and challenges in my marriage? Why do I still have these things going on with my kids? Why do I have unforgiveness? Why can't I seem to forgive? Why, 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 why? And what could happen if we just stepped out and said, why not? Why not be who God's called me to be? Why not step out in faith? Paul is speaking to that in Ephesians 2. That's what he's talking about. I'm going to set this up before we go to verse 8 just to give you some context. We actually looked at this verse when we were in our United series. And it starts out in chapter 2 and he's saying, you were once dead. These were the words. You were once dead in your sin and your transgression. That's strong words. He's saying spiritually inside you were dead. Things weren't lining up. You, you were in a difficult position and in a difficult place. And he said, but God in his mercy came and he, he is like a, it was like a collision. It just came in and it changed the trajectory that you were on. And it says because of that, it also changes what he's going to do in and through you. So that you can be who God's called you to be and you can operate in the way that he's designed you to operate. And we pick up. In verse 8, and he says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, you are salt and light. You were designed and created, saved by grace, designed and created for a purpose. That word workmanship in verse 10. In the New Living Translation is the word masterpiece. I love how Maya said, I realize I'm his masterpiece. Created in his image. I'm a masterpiece. Created for good works that he prepared ahead of time. But not just created for good works. Created for good works that you would what? Walk in. In them, that you would be salt and light, that you would be a city on a hill, making a difference, making an impact. That's who you are, Milestone Church. That's who God designed you to be. That's who he's called us to be as Christians. That's who he's called us to be as the church at large. That's who he's called us to be as Milestone, as individuals, to be salt and light wherever we go. So how do we do that? 
How do we walk in faith? What does that look like? How do we become someone who lives our life as salt and light? The first is this. I think you have to see yourself the way God sees you. The biggest challenge for most people is not seeing themselves correctly. Wendy and I have spent over 20 years... Honestly, for both of us combined, it'd be over 40 years of walking with people, counseling people, pastoring people between us two. Can I tell you what? Most of the time, the origin of where it all comes back to is someone does not see themselves the way God sees them. We all have blind spots. And if you think you don't have a blind spot, that's your number one blind spot, just so you know. That's your problem. You're like, wow, golly, I, I, I'm leaving real encouraged today. You should be. Now you know you got a blind spot. It's that you think you ain't got no blind spots, okay? You, you, we all have them. We don't accurately see ourselves. We think blonde tips and a big goatee looks good. We think a flavor saver looks good. That little soul patch is powerful. We think it looks good. Maybe it was good back then, but don't bring it back. All of those things. We don't sit, that's why we need people in our life, and God wants to come and help you see yourself correctly. God puts people in your life to help you see and to help you know. You see, there is a plan and a purpose that He has for you. I want to look back in Matthew 5, verse 13 through 16, and I want you to see, and actually, I'm just going to highlight just the first few verses here, just this first slide here. Because this is really where I want to spend the time. This is out of the message translation. Eugene Peterson, just a theologian and scholar, wrote the message translation as he took the scripture and he put it in common English. And, and I want to read for you what it says. Let me tell you why you are here. There's that word, why. It's the question we're all trying to answer. Why, why, why. There's a purpose that you have. There's a, there's a divine calling and design. Why are you here? You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. That's strong language. But I love what he says. Why are you here? You're here to be salt seasoning. How many of you know salty people? Now, I don't mean salty in a bad way. So you're like, oh, I know salty people. You're elbowing them. You're like, I'm married to them, you know. I'm talking about the seasoning that just, it just brings out. Now, some of you know Wendy. I call her Love Biscuit. She's from New Orleans, Louisiana. Let me tell you something. She got a lot of seasoning. She got a lot of spice, whole lot of spice, okay? Now, there's a real unique spice that she likes to use, okay? It's called Tony Saturi, okay? And she likes to use a lot of Tony's on what she's cooking, so much so that sometimes you cannot actually taste the food because your tongue goes numb because the amount of seasoning that's on there, okay? But one of my favorite seasonings isn't Tony's. It's actually from a little town called Villeplatte, just north of Opelousas, Louisiana. It's called Slap Your Mama. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's good, but I will not slap my mama because she'll slap me back and that'll hurt. And all the young people in here, don't slap your mama because it won't go well for you, Okay? But I'm telling you, the, the seasoning, the, and what is he saying? Jesus is saying there is a seasoning, there is the best, there's this vibrance that you can bring out of people when you are salt to those around you. 
You bring out the vibrancy. He goes on and look what he says. He goes, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. There are God colors and God seasoning, God flavors that you bring out in those around you when you live as salt and light. You see, you have to see yourself the way God sees you. God doesn't see you through your past. He doesn't see you through your mistakes. He doesn't see you through your shortcomings. He says you are salt and you are light. And I've designed you in such a way. You see, the first place to go when it comes to purpose is God. This is the purpose that he's given you. This is what it looks like to live with purpose. And where you go is you go with him. You go to him first and he begins to define and help you see. You see, when we go to God first, we go to the person that can bring clarity, validation, direction to who he's called us to be and how he's designed and wired us. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you this week. Maybe you do it later today. Maybe you do it tomorrow morning. Just simply say this phrase. Simply ask God, God, who do you say I am? You see, because when you stop a minute and you say, God, who do you say I am? That trumps every label and lie that everyone else and everything else around you is trying to speak. God, who do you say I am? So you, you have to see yourself the way God sees you. But if you're going to be salt and light, you also have to recognize that you have to make purpose, make purpose, not approval the goal. Make purpose, not approval the goal. That's what God's getting at. You're reading, and that's what in Paul's writing in Ephesians. You say, well, well help me understand this. Paul says it's grace by grace. It's a gift you have been saved, not through your works. But then he goes on and says, I've created you for good works that you should walk in them. He's not contradicting himself. One speaks to effort, another speaks to purpose. You don't have to strive. You don't have to earn. You don't have to try and just make it happen. When you begin to seek purpose, there is a purpose that God designed you for. You don't have to live for approval. You're not trying to be a hero and be famous to anyone. Be famous in your own house. You don't have to try and climb the corporate ladder. You don't have to try and accumulate all these different things. You can simply be who God's designed you to be. We've all been there. We all feel the pressure more, 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 more. You remember when you were young, if you were married in here and you were younger and you were just getting started and you didn't have a lot, you just made the most of any date you could make, right? Or when you had kids and your kids are young, you're like, Mom, Dad, let's go to the zoo. It's like $80 a kid to go to the zoo. You're like, okay, let's go to Cabela's. Free zoo, you know. Well, that, that's dead. That's all right. That's what it looks like. Alive or dead, let's go, you know. Come on now. Let's go. It's like, hey, man, we need to just make the most of Cabela's. Free zoo, you know. Cabela's going to have an uptick now. Y'all going to be taking your kids to Cabela's, you know. It's like, you, why? You're just trying to make the most of everything, make it stretch. But all of a sudden, you start getting a little success, and you start, start getting a raise, and you start getting a promotion, and you start doing this and that. And it's amazing how all of a sudden we get off of the purpose of why we were even doing what we were doing. And it starts to become about accumulating things. Things, 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 things. But that's not what God intended for you. There's a greater purpose that he's called you for. To be salt and to be light. 
And so sometimes people say, well, you know, if I can just, if I can find my passion, if I can find my purpose, you know, then I'll be, here's a problem with that thought. Here's a problem with that saying. It makes it as though passion and purpose is something out there, something elusive that you're going to try and catch. Can I tell you, purpose and passion are from within. It's God that highlights that. It's God that brings it to life. And where do you find that? When you operate in pursuing purpose over approval, then what happens is you start living faithful. And as you live faithful, it's not about perfection. It's not about walking in the right way and doing all the right things. As you live faithful, you start getting real clear about what your purpose is and who God's called you to be. And you recognize, I'm going to be salt and light wherever he's placed me. In my work, in my family, in my circle of friends, and in my relationships, you are salt and light. You are called to bring out the great things inside of people, the God flavors and the God colors and those around you. That's who God says you are. And that's what he's called you to be. But we have to make purpose. 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 Not approval of the goal. You see, work's not a bad thing. In fact, the, the Hebrew word work, the root of that, is the same root word as worship. To take all that you do and do it is under the Lord. That's what Paul writes in Colossians 3.23. Says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You see, fulfilling your purpose is not about being famous or searching for approval, it's about being purposeful through being faithful. Be purposeful through being faithful. Your greatest fulfillment will be when you tie what you do every day to God's kingdom agenda. Tie what you do every single day, where you're going to work, when you're on that sports team, when you're with that circle of friends, whether you're in your school or at your place of business, whether you're at home, you're with kids, whatever it may be. Tie what you do every day to a kingdom purpose and you find fulfillment. Because when you do that, here's what happens. The third way in which you can learn to be salt and light is that you make the most of every day in a significant way. Make the most of every day. You can make the most of every day in a significant way. It's not about being perfect. It's about being faithful. It's not about perfection. It's about walking with faithfulness. It's about walking with faithfulness. And when you do that, God begins to work and move in and through you. That's what begins to happen. Because why? You are salt and you are light. Making a difference in those around you. Making an impact in those that you come around. I think of a, a small group that was meeting during our United series. You know, United, we, uh, we had this series. We did it together. Small groups were meeting together. Some met in person, but we had groups that were Zoom groups. This was actually a Zoom group that was meeting. That's what I love about it. For seven weeks, they met as a Zoom small group. They came together, and they started hearing about a need of a single mom that had had to have surgery. It was emergency surgery. She wasn't going to be able to work for six weeks. Out of work. Single mom, three kids. So they came together and said, why not? Why not come together and see what God could do in and through us? Why not be salt and light? Why not make a difference in this individual that is in a need, that is in their greatest moment of need? 
And so they came together, they prayed for her, they put this basket together, they, they did this card, all their faces on it, and it was awesome. They, they had uh, DoorDash gift cards in there, they found ways to get her food and groceries and supplies and different things like that. But here's what I love the most, you know what they put in there as well? They weren't just thinking about how do I meet her physical needs, how do I meet her kids' physical needs, they thought about how do I meet their spiritual needs. They filled that basket with Bibles and journals and devotionals. And later on, that mom said the thing they loved the most wasn't all the stuff. It was the Bible and the journal. Because here was a group of people saying, we're going to make the most of every moment, every day. Because when we begin to do that, now we're living out the purpose God designed us for. Now we're living life with fulfillment and we're being salt and we're being light. You see, that's who God's called you to be. That's who he's called me to be. That's who he's called us to be. Salt and light. This is you. What I love about this, this is you, Milestone. This is what it looks like to be the church. This is what it looks like to walk in who God says you are. This is what it looks like to say, I'm going to make purpose, not approval. They didn't do it. Look, those, those individuals, they didn't do that because they knew I was going to share that story. They didn't do that. Because they're going, oh, maybe if we do this, like we'll be on the screen and Pastor Chris will tell our story. No. They said we're simply going to be salt and light. We're going to bring out the God flavors and the God colors in those around us. See, as you come into Thanksgiving, into this holiday season, it's real easy to tag on that because we're a little more aware sometimes. But the truth is, it's more than just that. This is how God designed you and who he called you to be. This is the difference you can make in those around you. This is what it can look like as you do those things. As you simply are salt and light. And you may be wrestling with sin in your life. You may be wrestling with unforgiveness. You may be wrestling with the lies and the labels that are keeping you from being who God designed you to be. But you don't have to anymore. You can be salt and light. You can live life from the vantage point of saying, God, who do you say that I am? You can make purpose and not approval the goal. And you can make the most of every day in a significant way.